This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hi, I'm David Cottrell and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Episode 210 of A Touchline Rants. Uh, your host this afternoon, this evening even, is uh, myself, Steve Bennett-Holsworth, the newly named Bennett-Holsworth after <laughs> my marriage, um, which was part of the reason for my absence. Um, and joining me this evening is Luke, the OG. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm glad that you're hosting this week it's it's almost like it's this is your wedding gift which oh. <laughs> is oh, good because well, it saves us money as a podcast <laughs> well it's right up there i'm i'm enjoying it already and we're only yeah. 95 it's, it's 65 seconds in so absolutely loving it um how have you been i listened to one of the pods whilst i was on my honeymoon very much enjoyed it yeah i mean they've been i mean i've been very well I think the the podcasts have been surreal at times. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, yours and Dan's podcasts are steadily becoming one of my favourite things to listen to. They're one of, from a football point of view. <laughs> they are one of my favourite things to record because it's so easy for both of us to just go completely. I still, I really, I really need to do one with Dan sometime soon. I'm just, I'm. I'm busting for it, you know. Yeah. We we need to get you on because he is he is he is something else to be on a podcast <laughs> with, and I'm the only one that's experienced it so far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm the one that wants to take it off in any direction at any moment, as it is. I do feel like it's going the other way, and that Dan is always trying to rest you back into uh, into some semblance of um, control during the pod. <laughs> so yeah. Um, we must say that Mitch is missing this evening because he's watching his beloved Nottingham Forest. Um, I am. Are currently leading Fulham last time I saw. Oh, should we, should we follow that up? They, they are leading Fulham 1-0. Great. So there we go. Um, he said that's too big a game to miss and I don't bloody blame it. Um, so why don't we... Uh, so he's watching Borough, uh, who... Uh, sorry, Forest, who he wants to go up. Fulham, yeah. who are definitely going up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about who might be going down from the Premier League to kick us off. Not to start on a downer, but let's start with the people that might be going down. Um, Burnley edged themselves uh, further away from that reckoning. Uh, they're now two points clear of the drop zone. Yeah. Um, Leeds played uh, last night against Palace. I watched it. It was nil-nil. I know when people I know when people say it was an entertaining nil-nil, it always sounds super patronizing, but it actually was a pretty entertaining nil-nil. You uh, get them, you do get them. Yeah. You know, and they don't have to be drab defensive affairs either, you know. Exactly. It, be... it wasn't particularly attritional. It was more the everyone was doing their jobs. Like the attackers yeah. were attacking well, the goalkeepers were making good saves, the defense were were pretty solid in both 
both sides. These are the um, thin margins. These are the thin exactly. margins that we're Absolutely. talk about at the bottom of the table. And Palace properly threw the kitchen sink at them towards the end as well. They, mm. they really went for it. No, Melier did lot, well. Yeah, they made a lot of attacking changes. So, uh, yeah, but unfortunately that does leave Leeds um, still in the relegation picture. So, as it stands, Leeds have currently got 34 points in 16th. Burnley are... 17th with 31 so just outside the relegation zone so you know Leeds are five points clear with I think they've got five games or maybe six games to play but Mm. you wouldn't really want to have that five points as a margin with as many games to go would you no they've got they've had look they've had a tough run Leeds to be honest and And they've had three weeks off as well yeah look I think I think Leeds are fine to be fair I, I know they're not but I just can't see that I can see them pulling away more than I can see them being dragged further back in. I, I think it's wrong. more a case of there were four worse teams than them, or yeah. at least three worse teams than them. Um, but Burnley have had a bit of a resurgence. Um, Who would have thought that Ben Mee would turn out to be a wonderful manager <laughs> for a man who... As, as as Dan so eloquently put it on, on last week's podcast... He decided that what's happened is they've asked the dressing room, who do you think would make a good manager? And they've all gone, me? <laughs> me? Yes, I heard that. Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> and Ben Mee's wandered in with a cup of tea going, all right, but lads, what's happening? Your manager. <laughs> what? It's like when you're picking roles on the playground. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be Ronaldo and I'm going to be, I'm going to be Solskjaer or whatever. And then it's like, oh, who's going to be manager? Me. Oh, you're stuck with it. You're the last one, the one who doesn't get to play. Um, yeah. But uh, I think a lot of us, uh, including ourselves, were probably quite uh, harsh on the Burnley board for sacking Deitch. I think for a couple of reasons, you know, A, his longevity, yeah. B, he seems like an all-round decent bloke, and C, a pretty damn good football manager at doing what Burnley needed to do, which was staying in the division, something they've done for, uh, I think, his eight or nine consecutive seasons so far. Uh, sorry, yeah. not, not stayed in the division, sorry, but he's kept them up um, in in a few of those nine seasons he's been in charge. Um, so at the time, I think it was probably one of those things where we were like a bit baffled by it. But would you think that the decision to sack Deitch has been vindicated based on seven points from from nine in the last Definitely. three games? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like they've they have been they've played immediately better football. They are they're actually they're much better to watch. Yeah, what one of the one of the stark differences that um, I heard a, a football tactics podcast talking about was that they seem to be making more passes and they seem to be encouraged to pass it a lot more. They're yeah. not Michael Jackson's come in and not really changed the shape hugely, but he's just tweaked a few things personnel wise. He's like playing Dwight McNeil on the other side, um, you know just getting the midfield, passing it around a little bit more, making more intelligent passes and runs rather than just lumping it up to Veghorst all the time. Um, And I think that's shown... But, obviously, one of the things that Bernie always had was defensive solidity, and they've kept that and just added a bit more up top, and it's it's shown. Do you want to know a Bernie fact? 
Yes, I do. They blocked me on Twitter, and I cannot remember what I said. <laughs> well, ta- ta- tag them in this podcast at the end, and uh, make sure you put in the headline that we really love Burnley, and maybe they'll un- they'll unblock you. I don't know what I said, but I've been blocked. I've, I've tweeted them something. God knows what I said to get oh, blocked. That's sad. I know. I hope you get unblocked. I hope we can rectify that with if this. i'm being brutally honest with you i can take not being liked by Burnley. <laughs> like, well, as, long, as long as it's not eating you up that's fine <laughs> no nah, i sleep soundly my i could give a shit <laughs> so uh the other teams we've got in the bottom three that are currently going down um are everton in 18th at 29 something we probably know most people probably didn't think we'd say i'm real with five or six games left to go. Watford and Norwich, 19th and 20th, are 22 and 21 points respectively. They look down. There's, you know, a seven-point gap. Um, I, you know, I, you only had to watch the Norwich-Newcastle game uh, to see them basically just capitulate as soon as they conceded. And yeah. Norwich look, looked down. Watford had the uh, unfortunate uh, fixture of playing City, which I think... It's some, it had the, the statistical of something like they're the most beaten team consecutively. Norwich and Watford being beaten by Man City is set a new record for the most wins for City against that team this is, in the Premier League. It's bonkers. What I really want to see, hope this season, is, and I, I, I'm going to, I mean, apologies for offending some football clubs here in advance, but here we go. I am sick and tired. This is why you get blocked by teams. <laughs> I am sick and tired of the same clubs coming up and down constantly like a fiddler's elbow. I'm sick of seeing them. What happens is that one season, oh, hang on a minute, who's this? Oh, it's Norwich and Watford. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Premier League again. And then by the time you flush them down, <laughs> what comes up to replace them? Hang on Fulham a minute, is that, is that Fulham and West Brom? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they I mean, come if again. If, if it becomes a cycle where, like, somehow some of them get stuck, one of them gets stuck, and it's, you know, God forbid it be Fulham, Norwich, West Brom and Watford all in one league yeah. at the same time, you know, like, yeah. And, we and, need to start seeing, I, I, honestly, this is doing my head in with the championship now because they keep throwing up the same sides. Like they keep throwing up the same sides constantly. It, so there's a discrepancy in that yeah. league between the top and the bottom end. So when a club like Luton get to what they've done this level, which is achieved a phenomenal level of football for mm. a club their size, and they could be finishing the playoffs, which is insane to think that that's the thing. They've managed to do it somehow, but they are definitely a, min- a minority. What you, there's too much of a discrepancy. If it's only the same clubs being churned out by the championship, then the rest of the championship is like League B. So mm. you ha- something needs to be done because it can't constantly be Watford, West Brom, Fulham, Norwich. These sides can't. It threw Brentford up last year, and we all got excited. And thank God they're staying. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing you can say because uh, one of the things that came up in the news cycle this week was. Uh, Stuart Webber, the director of football or the technical director at Norwich, was saying, you know, oh, woe is us. We've done our absolute best. Well, I'm sorry, pal, but you haven't because Leeds came up two seasons ago and stayed up. 
and mm. did well that first season. Brentford have come up and look taken to the Premier League like a duck to water, taking some scalps, playing good football, but they're they're safe. That you know they're in a good mm. position. So when these teams like Norwich come up and say, "Oh, you know they're not, they're not, they're doing as well as they can," but it's just inevitable that we go down. I think it must. I don't know. Maybe it's a psychological thing. Maybe play, I, players, I think it players is. that play for Norwich think. Well, I'll have a season in the Prem, I'll get good wages for a season, then I'll go back down to a 70% reduction and, well, we'll just take it. Maybe I'll get a move to a Prem club if I do well or I'll just have take a season in the Championship and we'll be back there the season after. Like, I, I, I don't... I agree with you. I don't know how... I don't know what the solution is. I think that takes better brains than us. But it, something has to change because they're scrapping the parachute payments soon as well, I think, which... If anything, that's going to cripple clubs. It's going to create a, an even bigger disparity between twentieth in the Prem and first in the Championship. Any, this is the thing: is that those clubs, if you are, yeah, like the, what's interesting is that there seems to be usually two people, two teams that we see that we see regularly out of those four that we've mentioned. Mm. That seems to happen. It's Fulham, West Brom, Watford. <laughs> And Norwich, they just seem to keep bobbing up and down. But then you get a third, and that third either finishes usually bottom or stays up. Leeds and Brentford have both decided to stay up. Mm. Mm. But would they be better off as a club if they went down, got parachute payments, then came back up and got more payments for promotion? That it's always fascinated me that you just think financially, could a club? get more if they got relegated and then came back up and yeah and i think fulham did that a few seasons ago didn't they mm. um and so fulham obviously this is what like the third time they would have been up in the last five seasons or something yeah. and they kind of tried two different two times the first time they came up they like spaffed a load of money and spent like 100 mil on players that were all pap and did nothing and then they got relegated and then mm. the second time because they probably spaffed all that money on wages as well they had to be much more careful when they went back up and they did the opposite and spent barely any money um something that norwich have done cause mm. for both times they've yo-yoed back up and now you look at it again and you think i wonder what's going to happen i think fulham have got a stronger team altogether um if they go up this season um, maybe they won't need to strengthen as much. Maybe a few little smart signings, but who knows? Um, I know. I know we need. I know there's a third team in this discussion that we need to discuss before we move on. Mm. But it should, at the minute, based on the result as we are recording, plus performance, you would suggest that right now Nottingham Forest would be favourites. Mm to win the playoffs. Yeah, well, Bournemouth are getting beaten by Swansea right now as well. So that second spot isn't isn't sewn up yet. Yeah, this is the thing is, is Forest could get automatic. So I believe that puts them potentially level on points, Mm. maybe a point off, but they're getting cut. So they seem to be, they, Forest feel like a club. There's certain clubs in that division that feel as though they need to get to the Premier League or they're not going to be able to survive so they need to well, look at Derby. Yeah, exactly. It's just, and Cardiff City got, you know, ugh, 
Cardiff City have, ne- have never been that club that will s- spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you just think they got lucky twice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now yeah, the yeah. money's run out. Yeah. And, you know, look where they are. I love them. But um, one team that I do hope gets relegated is Everton. <laughs> I was going to say, or well, there might be a, 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 an, um, a team that upsets the apple cart and our whole yo yo in philosophy uh, with the teams that we've mentioned, with Everton that could go down imagine, from the Premier League imagine, this season. Imagine. <laughs> Richarlison, like Richarlison, will be on the phone to clubs at the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah, literally as he's walking off the pitch, like taking his phone out of his. Mate, sock he will be. Te- like, he will take it. Guys. He'll hide it in his shorts, and he will be up front. <laughs> He'll be texting and, like during during defensive moves when he's not yeah. needing to do anything. As soon oh, as they take your water on, you'll have a Twitter break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what will happen. Um, so, so yeah, like Everton are, um, as we said, 29 points in 18, two points behind Burnley. They do have a game in hand. However, Everton's run is hellish, especially compared to, to, Burnley, uh, to Burnley. They need are, results and they need a yeah, win. So, so Burnley, they, do not have a, they do not have, in my opinion, a hope in hell. No, Burnley's run think... is Watford, Villa, Tottenham, Villa again and Newcastle. I think the way Villa are playing, you could you could definitely get a point in each of those games, if not three from one. Um, Watford should be three points for Burnley, the way that they're playing and the way Watford are playing. Mm-hmm. Newcastle, last game of the season, might not have anything to play for, but they have got their tails up. They've smashed it recently, so that's hard. And Spurs, again, we speak a lot about Spurs. <coughs> they should not be three points. That should be a zero pointer for Burnley. However... Uh, if the Spurs, if Spurs have got Spurs, could be Spursy, and they Spurs might be out of top done. four by then, like and might have nothing to play for. And you know, so Burnley have got a much better run compared to Everton, who have six games. They have to play Chelsea, Leicester, Watford is probably the only gimme in there. Then they've got Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal. Last day of the season. Now they could I, go in. Imagine this is what I. This is if. I like to romanticise football, especially when it comes to clubs that I don't support. Imagine <laughs> if it comes down to the end of the season and it's Arsenal versus Everton. And if Arsenal win, they get top four. It's the only oh, way they can secure it. If, if they win, win they, they get top four. And if, oh, if Everton lose, they get relegated. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... To any other outcome. So if I, mean, Sky, brought... I mean, Sky Sports are, are like jizzing about that right now. Like, that's what that's, they want. That's what have. I want. I, this is but... what I want. I believe that foot, what football needs is an element. I am not saying that it needs to be rigged, but every now and again, <laughs> it needs an element of sports entertainment sprinkling. <laughs> <laughs> Just some... That's all. In a script, Jeff Stalin if, writes the script, and everyone needs to follow it every now and then. They need to so every now and again. One, every now and again, you get given a script for your game, and you go, "Right, boys, we've we're scripted this week," and it's all I, for drama, and it builds in suspense. I tell and you what, it, it means the final day of the season. You and I sit down, knowing that nothing is decided. <laughs> we don't know who's going to win the league. We don't know who's going to finish top four. We don't know who's I mean, relegated. We would write a season where the, the last dream. day is like, right, go. <laughs> I think. Do you think that perhaps the Everton board 
were trying to um, sprinkle some of that drama by hiring Frank Lampard. I um, think what they were sprinkling there is angel dust. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Anyone I have, who has got anything have, to do with operating a football club has gone, Frank Lampard is available. They need to be... Why not? Yeah, they need to, they need to retire. The question <laughs> I have for you written down is stupid because I already know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Lampard at Everton, is mm. it the worst choice that the board could have made oh. as a managerial appointment? Right. I mean, oh, I mean, technically, no. Because... <laughs> Not what I was expecting you to say. I thought you were going to go whole hog on it. Technically, no. Because they could have gone back to Big Sam because I don't think he's officially... Oh, okay. Just by default, then, you mean? Just because Big Sam is still alive. They resisted the (laughs) urge not to sign Big Sam. If if Sam Allardyce was an (laughs) ex-Allardyce, if he was in the grave, Uh then, yes, it's the worst appointment. But while that man still has air in his lungs, technically, he's the worst (laughs) thing that Everton could have done. But... I, without Sam Allardyce, there's no other. I mean, yeah, the fact that calling Frank Lampard a football manager makes me gag because I genuinely don't think he has earned the right to be. I think he deserve, He should have gone down the assistant or the coach or yes. or stayed at Derby. It's going to Chelsea that's wrecked him. He mm. should have stayed at Derby, turned it down. Stayed another season. They'd have got up then. He'd have got them up. And then if he gets them, if he keeps them in the league the following season, then go to Chelsea. Mm. Bring a team up and keep them there. Then you were in Yeah, I think that's what Rooney's done well by turning down Everton or the interview at Everton when it came up around, you know, yeah, and, what, what and he just endeared himself to Derby that way as well. Yeah, definitely. What what Frank Lampard has done here, um, to use a weird, is this is basically like when Prince Edward turns up at those royal meetings with his badges. You look at them and go, "Where? Who gave him them? <laughs> has he won them in a competition? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's just like what? Oh, so good. Have, You're right. Yeah, right off for them in a competition or something. He's lit. Or he's done nothing. The furthest that man has been is Bath. Give him back. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! You'll see one you know, day and he'll have a blue Peter badge on there because he because he forgot <laughs> forgot to put the other ones on. So my my final question to tie this together on this whole thing is: Dyche to Everton for the last six games to save them? Why not? Like why not? Dyche in, keep him up. Relegate Burnley. <laughs> if they appoint, if if, if Everton appoint Dyche now, just sat Lampard and go right, go away. You are Tim Sherwood in disguise. <laughs> Fuck off. So they they bin him off, and they bring in Sean Dyche. I will put my entire and every every energy that I can possibly emit will go into. Everton need to stay up, and Burnley need to rele- get relegated. I mean, that would just be narrative. I'm getting the script. This is what I mean. A yeah. little sprinkling, mate. 
sports entertainment is and the that, future. And that is what that is what we live for with football, though, isn't it? It is that narrative, and that is why when I when I speak to people that don't like football or they don't understand football, and I sort of go, you know, my wife often sort of says to me when I'm when I'm watching football, I'll just go, oh, or I'll laugh at something, and she'll go, what what's funny? And I'll just be like, oh, and I and I and I explain it, but by yeah. the end of my time explaining it, she's like, I don't. Because I've spent about 10 minutes explaining a backstory that probably goes back like six seasons between some minor beef between that midfielder and that defender. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then that tiny moment that just happened, I'm like, is that me? Oh, that's funny. This, and it, it, but it is, it's about that narrative. What you need, though, what, the only way this, this, is the, this is the future of football. But the only way of doing it is if the game continues to be, it appears to be on in every way like the games do now. If the mm. games look exactly the same, but the outcome is somehow it's like coded in a way. I know we're talking about code in reality. I don't know, how, <laughs> but it, if it could somehow, basically, you're watching a live version of FIFA that you know what the result is going to be. Yeah. But you, us watching it at home, we wouldn't know. But we would know that they've decided the outcome already. I genuinely would. I just get annoyed. It would literally, instead of being annoyed at referees, it would be like get on Twitter, bloody writers this week. Why did Burnley win? Where are they going with this storyline? <laughs> I've, I've completely written off my Basically, own what you're saying is you want to make football like wrestling. What I want to do, actually, I take all of it. What I want, I, the idea works because football would be amazing if it got down. Like the you tell him, if you had no idea, so no one knows except one person in the world, he knows that ultimately it's a written performance. Yeah, one. Maybe it's been like this the whole time. Maybe there's yeah. some. So the Wizard of Oz, basically, like the football Wizard of Oz. So like, <laughs> who would the football? The only person who could be the football Flatter. Wizard of Oz is well, Brian Clough. Is oh. <laughs> Brian Clough? If he's if he's writing football, um, he the football right now. If you got down to if you said right end of the season. It will be one of six teams, or three of six teams that will be relegated. We don't know who. It could be the one who's 20th. It could be higher. We don't know. So six teams going to get... We don't know who's going to finish in the Europa League. We know, don't know who's going to finish in the Champions League spots, and we still don't know who's going to win the title. So every game on the last day of the season, there was something riding on it for somebody, except if, like, 11th were playing 12th. The one thing that would stress me out on that is that that isn't just purely writing based. There'd be a lot of maths involved in that. Like, well, what you could do then is you just outsource that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate. I think we've just walked ourselves into a cul-de-sac of why this will never work. But anyway, what that was what, that was that was going down the Dan and Luke route of the derailing right, move me on. podcast. So I'm going to bring it back. So um, let's let's Ever- whip this home. Come on, Steve. Everton. Uh, are in the bottom three because of a performance against Liverpool in the Merseyside derby this weekend. Mm-hmm. Liverpool uh, beat them 2-0 in the end. Um, it was quite close for large parts of the game. Um, Liverpool had eight, well, although the stats say otherwise, Liverpool had 82% possession. Everton only had one shot on target. Um Everton completed 169 passes compared to Liverpool's 783. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan, poor guy, completed two passes in 73 minutes he was on the pitch. I think even if you hadn't seen the game, those statistics kind of 
paint a picture for you for what happened. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't, I'll paint that picture for you. Everton were bastards, basically. They had been told by Lampard to go out there and basically Diego Simeone Liverpool, um, yeah. which they, they did to a T. Um, and uh, my first question for you, Luke, is Richarlison, petulant idiot or manager's programmable dream bastard? Depends. Yeah, the latter. Um, but depends on which manager. Um, I, there's the only certain managers would be able to handle him. Um, but he but, did what he clearly did what Lampard asked him to do. He he disrupted the game at any opportunity. I, mild I, to simulation. Be honest, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if that was Charleston taking things into his own hands. Um, yeah, and that's what I mean. Was he, was he solely being asked to do that, or do you think some of that was just him being the petulant? No, I do. I think he was. I think. I mean, he's probably if if it is Lampard who's asked him to do that, it's another mistake of his because you do not ask Richarlison to do that. Like yeah, he, I, I think it was probably a you team. You go thing. out and you ask Alan to do that. Yeah, because... and he clearly did. He clearly did. Yeah, and I expect. I, I think the whole. I mean, they were time wasting in the twentieth minute when it was yeah. nil nil. That's. But I mean, you, they... Richarlison. If you say to Richarlison, "I want you to disrupt it," Richarlison is just as likely to mean to go up to Virgil Van Dijk and headbutt him, and then inter- that's his interpretation. He's too loose True. for cannon. What you need yeah. is someone who's going to who's going to back him up, tell him to be just go out there and do you be yourself. But I and I will back you up. Mm. Was there was there any moment when you thought the Liverpool would come unstuck from the Toffees tactics? No, no. <laughs> At one point, yeah. Especially when they brought Divock on. Yeah, I just thought, nah. There's just Everton were only gonna be good and not conceding as many as they would do if they went for it a little bit more. Basically, it was it was damage limitation from the second they walked out of the dressing room. It was it was just right. Let's just get this out of the way. I think there's a possibility that if because Lampard hasn't asked them to play like that up until now, and obviously that was a big game, it was a derby, they need a result as well, obviously, but almost for the, the local pride more so is probably why he resorted to that sort of tactic. I feel like if he did that in the remaining six games, he's more likely to get a point from games or even win games against worse sides because they did have although they only had one shot on target they did get quite a lot of breakaways um that makes me think well you know against the lesser team they might be able to um they might be able to you know get get something out of it um so you know i think that potentially they 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 could if he chooses to do that but i just wonder whether lampard will actually have the stones to do that again or the sense more than the stones but but anyway so well, I don't know why Lampard is legit. look does he not know how much money he could make from TV stations if he went into a sort of uh, you know and an nephew and uncle double yeah. act yeah true yeah yeah you, totally. you chuck in the cousin you chuck in <laughs> the, the the red nap family at there's home a, with the there's some sort of Friday night show in that. This is what like, we need like to Anton do. Anton Dex takeaway sort of thing. Um, you, you've got connections with theatre. 
you so it's Dan. We need to yeah. basically we'll what needs happen. to happen is I need to at home with the red naps. You need to this is what we need to do. We need to create a show called At Home with the Red Naps. And it's it's just Harry, Jamie, and occasionally in pops Frankie Lampard. Like, I mean, I, I would watch it. I would hate myself afterwards, but I would watch it. Right, um, watch it. We're making it. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, so Liverpool had a cracking game. Um, yeah. Klopp and Lampard had their touchline rant at each other, yeah. um, Lash, as Lash. they did in in the last last fixture when he was um, managing Chelsea. Klopp is an elite manager. He showed that. He's showing that. Over the last three seasons, I think he's only been one point behind City the whole time, and that must be so devastating. Um, but he is doing a cracking job. It seems like there's going to be an elite manager merry-go-round this summer. Very much looking forward to it. Klopp won't be part of it, obviously. Um, but Conte has been throwing his toys out of the pram at Spurs. Fancies PSG, apparently. Yeah, um, that's that's gonna work. Yeah, yeah I cannot and see pop, any possibly going back the other way. Um, I cannot. <laughs> I can't. Oh. If I was PSG, I wouldn't be going near Conte. It depends on what you want. If you want to win the Champions League, Conte is is a sound bet. Mm-hmm. He's he's not a bad bet. I would argue he's not the best bet. Um, he is a winner. I mean, he's won. He is a winner, but he's I think just. I saw the t- he's not someone I, really, I, I I imagine with the Champions League. If I'm PSG, I go for Zidane. Yeah, yeah. Just Zidane because Zidane is on attack. Fits their profile. It feels like he's waiting for it as well. Yeah, I don't think. Or that's... the France job, I've heard, but obviously because the World Cup being in in the winter this year, it's kind of messing plans up because I think he's either way. I think he's waiting for the France job more than he is PSG. I think he needs to. I think the France job will be Zidane's, regardless of what he may do at his next appointment. Yeah. So, but it's just if he goes to PSG in the summer and signs a three-year contract, it's going to be harder for the the French FA. I think Deschamps could see out the next Euros easily. Yeah. And then, but I just think if if that's the way that. I can see. I don't understand why you want the France job now, though. Like the France job's always going to be there. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. there's an incredible crop of talent, but I mean, some of them are going to be there for another ten years or so because they're so young and yeah. it's still coming yeah. through. So, and back I got a little. You know, the, the, there is a decent squad there. Yeah, I got a little riddle, little little quiz question for you. So, three out of the four managers that have left PSG in the last ten years. Have mm. gone on to win European titles mm. at their next at the next clubs they went to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, or some one of the subsequent clubs they went to. Which mm. one didn't? Which one didn't? So one of the the four that preceded Poch in the last ten. I need to name them. So Tommy Tommy T did. Yeah, obviously. Chelsea, yeah. Uh, Unai. Um, not Unai Emery. Yeah, Unai yeah. Emery. Villarreal. Villarreal. The Europa League, yeah. Europa League. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, right, who the hell? Do you want me to put you out of your misery? Yes, please. Uh, Ancelotti won the uh, won the <sighs> Champions League with Real, 
So the one who didn't was Laurent Blanc. God, if we could imagine how far back we're going with Laurent Blanc. We what we we nearly had him at United, didn't we? At one point, he was being touted for United. Oh, so, mate! At, at this point in time, I think it's genuine. It's like jury service right now. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually, you're gonna come up. You're gonna. You're gonna. One text of our names is gonna be pulled out the outside. You'll oh, text me and just be like, "I can't be on Tuesday. Why? I'm United manager. Oh, all right, no problem. I'm United you'll, manager. Don't worry about it. You'll be on next week. You'll be." <laughs> and I think the crazy, so the craziest thing for me was that Poch was being touted to be sacked, sacked, not leaving. Mm-hmm. The, the the day after he won the title with them, Mate, there is kept. a certain level of club where they are very successful. But there needs to be a decision made in the wider world of how we view these clubs. And do we view them as clubs that are successful or do we view them as clubs which are likeable? Because there's a big difference in a lot of instances. Real Madrid and PSG are the same ilk. Real Madrid sacked... um, was it Scalar? No, look, who did they say? They were, after he won the Champions League, he went on to win. It was Spain manager that used to be Real Madrid manager. Oh, Del Bosque. Yes. Yeah. They've sat managers for not winning champ- for not winning the league title, despite winning the Champions League, because Barcelona won the title. Well, they won the Champions League, but he didn't win the league. He w- didn't win La Liga, so they sacked him. Well, that that's almost the opposite of what's happening right now yeah. at Bayern, where they're talking about Nagelsmann having a poor season because he's nowhere near the Champions League, even though they just won a tenth Bundesliga in a row. Um, and I hear rumblings of Ancelotti at, at Real Madrid, despite the fact that they're in a, you know, uh, they are winning the league comfortably and are in the semi-final of the Champions League right now. Um, so there are a live ten- score update of that game. Yeah, go on. Uh, Man City are leading two one. Oh, lovely! They raced into quite a lead. I think I saw ten minutes. It was two goals or eleven minutes. Yeah, Gabriel I'm Jesus. Sure, I'm sure Benzema scored as well because he's just loving scoring at the moment. Don't have derailed us again. It's fine. It's fine. So those are all managers that are up and. Moving around this summer, Nagelsmann, Ancelotti, potentially Conte, Poch might be doing a a swap across the English Channel. One manager who certainly won't be going anywhere is Eddie Howe. Um, Just want to give you a little rundown of some of the stats of Eddie Howe since he's moved to Newcastle. Mm -hmm. His first game uh, on the 20th of November was against Brentford. Uh, Newcastle gained their fourth point of the season against Brentford in November. That's crazy. Um, It was shortly followed by their first win against Burnley, taking them to seven points. Eddie Howe has been in charge for 23 league games, including that Brentford one, and taken 40 points from 69 available. That's a PPG of 1.7 points per game. Harrison, United, from the last 23 games, have a PPG of 1.6. Yeah, well... (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to bring it down. And oranges. Do you know I'm what sorry I mean? to bring it down, but Eddie Howe's done an well, unbelievable could... job. Oh, he's he's done phenomenal, and like I will hold my hands up because I was, I was baffled, I was baffled, but I think it was because I bought into the hype of what the money meant, because I yes, because the money came in 
and then they were being linked with everyone. At one point, someone was genuinely on Twitter saying that they were that they were hearing that Newcastle were trying to sign Mbappe, and it was it was probably the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. Well, there was just graphics everywhere of Mbappe, Haaland, and Neymar in in black and white shirts. That was just it's like so no one's going to that level of so because they were doing it was just like this level of signing isn't going to be isn't going to be possible. We know this because they're not going to sign for Newcastle. Just and they signed they, very sensible players. Yeah, the they did, and they did so the I think complete opposite from, of what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I mean, even Bruno Gimoresh, who is a quality player, and they paid a lot of money for him. They needed a player like that for their yeah, midfield, he's and he's transformed them. I think Eddie Howe could be on for manager of the season with what he's done. They're now I'd, ninth in the Premier League. I'd agree. I'd agree right now. If we were right now, I do think that Eddie Howe in the short space time has done enough. Um, so, it won't be. It will be Pep. You know. Yeah, because it always is the manager that wins the league. It will be Pep. It won't be unless unless Klopp, unless Liverpool win the Champions League and finish second. And they're very close to City, then I can sit Klopp maybe. You couldn't, you, I, I don't think you could give it to Pep if they came second but won a treble of cups. Okay. I, I know. Okay. Then. So if, if, right, I know we've got to wrap, but let me pose you this question then. Who's your manager of the month? Yeah. Uh, manager of the season. Pep with a, Premier League title, but no Champions League. Mm-hmm. They finish on 91 points and yeah. they lose the final of the Champions League. Yeah. Or Liverpool, who finish second in the league on 90 points, so one point behind, but yeah. they beat Man City in the Champions League final. Who's it your manager to, of the year? It has to be Klopp. But what my argument for me, it would have to be Klopp, which hurts as a United fan anyway, but for me, my argument, I heard this argument from, from a journalist the other day. The Premier League, is for, or whoever awards the manager of the season, has fallen into a trap of, of basically giving the manager of the season crown to whoever wins the league. Surely them winning the league is a bigger crown than getting manager of the season. Yeah. Manager of the season should be to players like, remember when Tony Poulis got it a few years ago for keeping Palace up? It should yeah. be players, that are, are managers that are doing something relative to their club's status in my opinion yeah. and that's the only the only reason i should i would say that you know a, a top man a manager that wins the league gets it is if they do a sweep of cups or you know they are so far and away the best team in the league then then why not um i know we've got to wrap up but i just want to give one little uh one final closing thought um i made the trip down from cardiff this weekend to uh salisbury to watch my brother's football team, the Halfway House FC, play in the Graham Chalk Cup Final, prestigious Salisbury and District Football League Cup Final. They uh, battered West Hitherly FC, who showed up on a coach with like what must be like half of the village, um, wearing hoodies emblazoned with the Cup Final day and their team. They got well into it, but unfortunately they got absolutely plastered 8-0 um on the day uh it was a wonderful day um (laughs) not for them (laughs) not for them but for me uh my dad my other brother who was injured and couldn't play 
um, and my mate Lewis, who travelled down with me, we watched eight wonderful goals. Man of the match, uh, man of the match um, game from Sam Webb, the forward, who scored four goals. The last of which was possibly one of the best goals I've seen live ever. I'll try and describe it to you as best I can. I'm excited. I have to caveat this with their back four were easily all in their 40s and, fair, fair and struggling. This was in the 70th or 80th minute, so they were already 7-0 down at this point. I'm knackered. Um, the ball comes into him, uh, sort of lobbed over the midfield. He kind of hits it with the back of his heel, chipping it over his head and over the defender. He runs round the defender, which was quite hard because he was a big bloke. When he got round to the defender, he was in the box and just dinked it over the goal on, over the onrushing and goalkeeper, and it just nestled. You know when it kind of nestles in the top of the net as under the crossbar, and it just kind of cascade, cascades down the back of the net. It was beautiful. I wish that I caught it on camera, but I didn't. But it was stunning, and it lives long in the memory. So yeah, Sam Webb, yes. man of the match, four goals for him. Absolutely cracking game. Um, really, really proud of my my brother Ryan. He manages the team with another guy, and um, uh, Hatch, and they have done really well. They are also on for the league; they're on for an unprecedented double. Um, so here's hoping Halfway House do it, and I'll give you an update on that. I mean, look, it sounds very much to me like like Halfway House should guest. They should be our guest when we. <laughs> Maybe they will. Maybe I'll get him on. Um, for a, for a post, what we need to do is we need to get we need to get down there and we need to record the podcast whilst watching the game, oh, and man. potentially running on the pitch and speaking to a mid while they're taking a water break. We'll run on and be like, Cap, Cap, any thoughts? Any thoughts? How's the game going? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'll be well up for it. Yeah, and, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure they'll uh, they'll love the uh, the shout out as well. Um, congratulations on your hosting tonight. Well oh, done. Hope you enjoy it very much. I really did. I hope I did a good job. Are you um, getting married again next week? <laughs> Mate, well, you know what? Like, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to do it. But it doesn't... Do you know what? Now that you've given it as a gift, it will now just be my gift to you to host it again. And I love week. it. We can just keep gifting each other. Every point. It'll, be, <laughs> yeah. it'll be like when they ask you if you're going to gift age your purchase. And you're like, yeah, of course I am. Why are you even asking? Just, yeah, just take yeah. Absolutely. I literally don't need to do anything and you gain more money. Like, anyone who says no... They're the people that you want to punch in the fucking face. And just sing. At the end of Crocodile Dude... <laughs>